Hi there. Welcome to the Oh My God podcast with Zelda Volkov. My name is Rachel, and I'm honored to be the producer of this show. Thank you for listening. On this week's episode, Zelda interviews Dimitri Salida. He's a former professional boxer, an IBF and WBA international champion, a North American Boxing Association champion, and is a number one world-rated contender and world title challenger. In 2010, Dimitri founded Salida Promotions with the intent of featuring some of boxing's top prospects and rising stars. Since then, he's built his roster to over 30 fighters, including premier names such as Otto Wallen, Jarrell Miller, an undisputed middleweight world champion and two-time gold medalist, three-division and current WBC and WBO super welterweight world champion, Clarissa Shields. We're honored to have him on the show. Now, over to Zelda. Hello, I am Zelda Volkov, and you are listening to the Oh My God podcast. This is a space where honest conversation and raw interaction takes place. In these 25 minutes, I interview badass trailblazers and industry leaders about the things that they had to overcome to achieve success. The challenges that they faced as human beings first and as industry leaders second leaving you with actionable techniques and takeaways to implement into your life immediately, taking you from where you are right now to where you want to go. Take us back, take us back to the Dima Salita before, before you became this renowned. Um, sure. So take us back. So first of all, thank you. Thank you. It's very nice to be on your uh, podcast and uh, speaking about young people. Uh, you know, I you're you're a trendsetter as well, and I think you're on your way to uh, to to making to making big things happen. So I'm very happy. My family immigrated to Brooklyn, New York, in 1991 when I was nine years old. I'm from Odessa, back then Soviet Union. Uh, now Ukraine, and a couple of months after we left, it became you know an independent entity. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously growing, growing, you know, being nine years old, going through the immigration process, going through the struggles, uh, kind of measuring your expectations, you know, my sense of the United States of America being a, you know, a, an eight year old boy, let's say in Odessa was big buildings, fancy cars, uh, skyscrapers, shelves full of food, food and, uh, streets paved with gold, you know, but, uh, the quite the reality was quite different. Uh, certainly initially, uh, you know, five of us living in a one bedroom apartment, uh, welfare, food stamps, new culture, new school, going through the, uh, you know, through the struggles of immigration and being a new kid on the block, going to school. My mother also uh, came here. She already had breast cancer. So that was quite a challenging time uh, for us. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and so, so, you know, you take those early steps to, uh, to, to get ingrained in American culture, to find your way, to find your path. And I feel like, uh, you know, around that time, maybe a little bit before, and in that age group, you know, you start to form the why. Why, why am I doing something? What's my purpose? As far as my identity, uh, you know, being Jewish, all Russian Jews left the former Soviet Union because they weren't allowed to be um, openly that. And uh, when I came here, um, you know, uh, we moved to the Jewish neighborhood. Um, you know, on Saturday, on Saturday, certain blocks stopped. I saw people putting on black hats and 
you know, getting dressed in a certain type of way. I've never seen that in my life before. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we had some, a little tradition because my grandmother went to Haider, which, you know, before communism back in Tsarist Russia. So we had some tradition, but we obviously had a very strong self-identity in terms of being Jewish because you were kind of made to feel that. Uh, and I wanted to, you know, start exploring what that meant, what that means. I always believed in God in my own way. Uh, and I uh, wanted to understand what the structure of Judaism was. And I got to tell you, honestly, you know, the early, the early, my early experiences with Judaism, my early experiences with kind of organized synagogue, I didn't know the difference between reformed, conservative, orthodox. But the early experiences were not so, didn't really inspire me, didn't motivate me. Maybe even quite the opposite, maybe turned me off in some ways and kind of, you know, just didn't, didn't, didn't make me feel warm inside. <laughs> And I had a lot of questions about Judaism, about God, etc. Mrs. Schusterman, who was a lady in Crown Heights, who did a lot of outreach work, she contacted my mother and did, did some things for us. And then she gave my information to local Chabad rabbi, which was Rabbi Zaman Liberov, uh, who's the head of Chabad of Flatbush. And at that time in my life, I was already pretty involved with boxing. Started boxing at the age of 13 in the Stara City Boxing Club. Uh, Mrs. Schusterman gave my, my, my information to Rabbi Zaman Liberov, and then he began to call me and he had Russian-speaking people that work for him call me, and I felt in being intimidated, not intimidated, uncomfortable because I had my previous experiences were not so positive with Judaism. So, uh, but he was very persistent, very warm. And one day I came to the Chabad house to see what it was like, and immediately I really felt inspired because I saw people that were religious, some that were less religious, but there was some type of a harmonious energy that really inspired me and gave me the motivation to, uh, to deal with the things that were going on with my mother and also inspired me to work hard in the gym and to you know, go after my goals of, of, of being a champion boxer. Wow, so there was this like love, there was this love and support that you felt. So what was your first impression of boxing? Why, why boxing? I started boxing at the age of 13 at Star City Boxing Club. At, in, in Odessa, I was, you know, I was picked on when I was a kid. I mean, some, you know, a couple of Jewish jokes and whatever. You know, I just wasn't fit. And my, my parents uh, made me go to karate when we came here. In the beginning, we didn't have enough money. Then they put me in a karate place, karate uh, dojo. And my trainer at that time saw that I had some talent in boxing. And he said, you know, you're really hardworking. You're talented. You got to find a place for yourself to box. And I've heard about two places in, in Brooklyn at that time, Gleason's Gym and Starry City Boxing Club. And Gleason's Gym was far and expensive. Star City was also far, but not as far, and free. It was a subsidized program by the city. I remember walking to Star City Boxing Club Friday on a, on a hot summer Friday afternoon. Star City Boxing Club is in a garage. There is no air conditioning and there is no heat. And I remember walking in, in, in the gym and uh, meeting Jimmy O'Farro, who, who became my trainer, my mentor, and somebody that was very close to my life. Um, and even today, I remember... If I would have to draw and say how things were, I remember the first day that I came to the gym and I remember how everything was, you know? Wow. Something, something, some kind of a sixth sense, really, really. Uh, what, uh, was your, what was your emotion on that day? Like, what was it that, that, you know, usually like these emotions is what cement us to pursue. You know, like there's, like, we are cemented with certain emotion. It's just interesting. It's fascinating for me because everything at the end of the day is, emotional you know and um obviously something happened that, that day that still 
this. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, well, something happened in the gym, meaning that I thought it was a serious place. I saw people there, even though I didn't know much about boxing that, at that time. It, it felt like a real hardcore, genuine, you know, place that, that had a lot of very talented folks in it. Everybody was training very hard. It comes from the why. What's the why, right? So I think the why, you know, I'm still searching. But I think the why is the immigration process, you know, being poor, being, being uh, disrespected, I guess, being, uh, you know, not having relationships in a new country, not having family, not having friends, you know. Uh, it was a problem. Having, of course, having to buy food with food stamps and, and then having, you know, get into fights in school because you had to pay those shoes on because you couldn't afford Jordans, you know what I mean? In a, in a Jewish community, Russian, Russian Soviet Jewish community, 99% of people, I want to say, use that energy and their why is through education. Somehow, my why became through boxing. By nature, you're not someone that necessarily people would strike you, stri strike them as like, oh, this no, is a It's true, yeah. They're more fascinating. I guess so. You know, God works in strange ways, and sometimes we have to develop these traits in us that are the most, uh, you know, kind of sleeping, sleeping within us. You I know? Think it really speaks volumes of the fact that we are highly trainable human beings, and it's not, I don't think that we are just born a certain way. I think that we are all trainable, and whatever we put our mind to, we really, really could achieve it if that is where our mind is at. I think that's pretty valid. Well, our environment and, the, and, your, and I think your mindset to succeed in, in that environment, certainly my situation. You know, because I, I mean, I remember just feeling extremely nervous and extremely, and extremely uncomfortable in many ways, you know, going before a fight or even before a sparring match in the training, you know, when I was training. But yet the result and winning and wanting to be the best is what drove me to conquer that and go beyond that feeling of discomfort and, and fear and anxiety, et cetera. Right. Like you felt that fear, but you, you did it anyway, which is, which is Definitely. huge. What would you say your biggest issue or challenge that you had to overcome within boxing or religion or childhood or whatever? There's, there's many. I mean, and I don't know if I can say the biggest. I mean, I think that personally losing my mother when I was a teenager was difficult, was challenging, you know? I mean, on a personal level, just to deal with life. And, and, and I think it doesn't, you know, because my mother was ill for a while, so I kind of understand the, what's, what's going to happen. But I think that you feel these effects, you know, it hits you a little bit later. It's like a, a three-punch combination, you know? Right. So that was challenging. In boxing, uh, I think that being, being from an unusual background, you know, and I was in a gym with people from that were not, didn't come from my community. Right. So to, to grow up around that and, you know, to win national championships and to win state championships and to win city championships, to really, you know, to get the respect in the industry, you know, talking about when I was younger as a fighter was, was difficult. I mean, my mindset was I'm going to prepare myself. And if, if I have to die and like, wow. and you really like your purpose. that was your real purpose. purpose. That was your purpose. I mean, you train, you know, you don't eat enough, you don't drink enough, you start, you know, making weight, all these different things. And, but you're so hyper-focused and so, you know, and then they just want to reach that goal so much that, uh, that that's the mindset. I mean, boxing is not a game. It's not a team sport. So you have to really get into that mindset and, you know, through training camp and you right. just kind of more and more. But. Yeah, mindset is really everything. And, and in life, when people go about life without having a clear purpose, they're not able to actually exercise the muscle of being uncomfortable. You know, everything is about convenience. Everything's about comfortable because they don't understand what it takes to actually be uncomfortable for your convictions, for your purpose, for your reason, for your why. So I think it's, it's, 
truly remarkable that when you have a why, all those, what someone else would, would feel like is impossible becomes, even though it's very difficult, it still becomes possible because you have that purpose. When you don't perform as you wish you would have, you, you judge yourself, you know, harshly and you're right. not really happy and you don't live in a moment of happiness. Like now looking back at it, just thinking about times sometimes that I should have really enjoyed myself, but I was very judgmental of myself because I felt that I should have did it better, did this better, did that better. That's also the drive. It kind of comes the good with the bad. But the really challenging time that I had is when I fought for the world title and I lost. And the way that I lost from a, from a spiritual religious perspective and from a boxing perspective, given my, you know, kind of um, uh, focusing my whole life up to that point for that purpose. And then it not going your way in such a way is very challenging and very difficult to digest. And was, to, this one in, was this the one in England? Yes. And to find meaning in it for yourself and to find the proper lessons, right. you know, so, so it doesn't break you so that, you know, to find the proper lessons to still go on, you know, in a constructive way and to find yourself and to find inspiration. That's, that's, that was very challenging. And I think that it comes down to the fact that life is all about, you know, it's about growing from those experiences we were always going to succeed. We're always going to fail. It's part of, it's part of the dynamic of life. But the question is, do we grow from that experience and people who so, do not grow from their failures, then that was a real waste. So, so, so that what you're saying is 100% the truth, but you know, when you are, um, and obviously I've grown and I'm a different person and experience things and understand things differently now than 11 years ago. But uh, when you when you want to be perf perfect, when you want to be a champion, when you want to when you drive yourself to be the best, and when something like this happens, you know that to understand that there's ups and downs in life, and when you're undefeated, when you go into the ring undefeated, and you've been training to be a world champion. When I went to that fight, I haven't lost for like since I was like 16 or 17 years old. You know, how were you coping? What did you do? I just took it day by day, and then I I actually wanted to get back to boxing fairly quickly. So I formed my own promotional company then, and I promoted my own show. Oh, wow. Right after that, that was right after that? Right, yep. Wow. And so basically, from that failure or what setback or whatever you want to call it, you, you basically created your, your promotional company, which is what you do now, full-time, yeah. right? Right, yes. So, uh, but I, you know, initially I did it because I wanted to fight myself, you know, again and, and kind of rehabilitate myself. I also just got married, so I made some money, made some good money from that fight, and then money started, like money ran out, you know, and I had no way, it's not a nine to five job, I had no way to reinvent myself, to become, you can't just become an accountant or a teacher or whatever, and boxing was the way that I make money. Besides the goal of being a champion, that's the way how you support yourself. And then the uh, responsibility of supporting a family becomes, is what you took upon yourself. Right. So, my company and I started fighting that was successful thank God and then that obviously had its own ups and downs but it became but thank God it became into business and pre-corona we were doing great now we got we got we got to deal with some some setbacks but it'll be okay right my favorite fighter that you promote is uh, Clarissa Shields um, I love her I love what she stands for that's great that obviously I mean Corona has hit everybody but I'm saying aside from Corona I think that your promotional business seems very very inspiring to me and I'm sure to a lot of a lot of people in the arena um, so you know so I'm Clarissa I want to say you know first of all as, as a fighter I was had the, the, the honor of being signed to some of the best promoters in, in the game of boxing and the reason I'm able to do 
what I do now is because I was exposed to a very high level of boxing since I was 19 years old, from events to fights to training camps, and really experienced the sport of boxing on so many levels. But on a business level, to be as a fighter, to be aligned, to be signed with Top Rank and with Luda Bella and Golden Boy, and to fight on these events is really great education. So my first promoter was, was Bob Arum, and which, which had, had, a, had a big influence on what I'm doing now. So I remember on Friday, I bought the Wall Street Journal to be on shops. In 2015, I bought the Wall Street Journal and I was reading an article and it was before Clarissa was fighting in the second Olympic Games. And there was like a little paragraph about her. She had already won an Olympic gold medal. So this was a second Olympic gold medal. She was from Flint, Michigan. A woman talked about her challenges, what she overcame. After each Olympic class, the best boxers turned pro. And I was like, man, this is like, bar none, Clarissa is the hottest, best prospect coming out of these Olympics. And then this was like, you know, Hillary was running for president. So the, the culture of women empowerment, of women doing great stuff and breaking barriers was alive and well, you know. And I felt that Clarissa was the perfect boxer to do that, to do, to do that through, uh, you know, through the sport of boxing. So at that time, my company still wasn't what it is today. Did my best to, to work with her, and she won her second Olympic gold medal. And so the first, the first fight that she worked with me, she was the first woman in the history of the sport to headline a nationally televised network with a showtime. Wow. Um, and she fought uh, at MGM Detroit, and she sold the venue out, made a great payday, and it was great. And after that, we signed and, and have been working with her ever since. And she's been making not history, but her story. It's titled as the gold, the greatest woman of all time, and as... Uh, broken records every time she steps in the ring. So I'm very honored because I feel when sports history is going to be written 20, 30 years from now, uh, Clarissa is going to be mentioned along the sides of Pele, Muhammad Ali, Jackie Robinson, uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, she's really that good and that great. So I'm very, 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 Maybe very happy. Probably. And like, I don't, I'm not big on sports in general, but boxing has always caught my attention, but specifically women and whenever i see her on your stories i just always I'm, I'm so excited and i love it that you have a female on your team so that's amazing because clarissa you know this is like the birth of women's boxing on a really big level on television and because of clarissa other women throughout the world have been starting to their pay has gotten significantly better clarissa's opponents you know have made, made career high paydays by multiples and we also make sure and get this goes pre-corona to include women's fights on, on the event because just to kind of progress the sport of boxing and progress women's boxing. For women's fights. Like one on television, like yeah, one on television in such a way they weren't making close to the money wow. That's that a they're thing. making now. And Clarissa, you know, most importantly, the best got to fight the best. First time that I, from when I started working on this, she's like, Dimitri made the biggest and the best fights. So she first retired in her fourth professional fight, which is unheard of. And now she's only 10 and 0, but is a three division world champion, including being an undisputed middleweight champion. And her next fight, which is to be announced. She's gonna fight for the undisputed junior middle world title. And if she wins that, she's gonna make, she's gonna be another big, big uh, her story uh, marker. Wow, so. rooting for her, that's for sure. That's amazing. Definitely this, this podcast is about challenges and how we overcome. Or if you think about your lowest points or you know, your most painful experiences where you know, it could have been a fight that you lost or, or really anything. After I lost that fight, and I, even though I formed my own promotion company, it wasn't, really, it wasn't making money for a long time. It was a big struggle. And it was really challenging for me because for a year or a year and a half ago, I was uh, in the newspapers and on television and making money. And now I have to have to do something completely, completely different. After that, I was looking for a job. I called a lot of the people that I knew who were wealthy, who owned businesses. And everybody, in a nice way, told me, sorry, no, we don't have a position for you, you know? 
Wow. And and then you kind of feel lost. You know, you have a responsibility. The answer to that doesn't come in one day. It's at some point, so when I started to promote events for my own fights, then I couldn't fight at those events anymore. Then I had to figure out how to, you know, how to promote boxing. I didn't have any money. That I really had a talent and a real passion. So I started promoting amateur boxing show. And I always believed it, even though it was very hard. Things started to roll a little bit, very little. So I feel like it's a domino effect, you know? So I feel wow. like you have to be proactive and try to do things towards your goal and towards your dream every day even if it's like a little you lose money you get sued and all the different things that you go through you know starting a business and not being experienced in that thank god i feel blessed because i feel that things align in the right way for me to be able to to do what i love yeah that's amazing we res you know reside too quickly sometimes and when the going gets tough that's exactly when we should be continuing to put it into action when the going gets tough and sometimes the going gets tough from left and from right and from back and from front and sometimes it's hard to pick yourself up, you know? Sometimes you just want to curl up in a shell and, and yeah. say, why is this happening to me, you know? Right. So yeah, there's a space for that. You know, I think that when things are hard, we're not supposed to suppress those feelings. I think we should acknowledge shit's going down. And the phrase, it's lonely at the top, is because most people surrender too early. People say in boxing, like, oh man, that was a lucky punch. That lucky punch only happened because you've been boxing since you're a kid, because you've been doing something since you're a kid. So you have the tools and the skills to land right. that lucky punch. Because, you know, we all struggle. We're all, this is why I do the, this podcast and, and why I call it Oh My God Podcast is because normally people, you know, always put this front on and they put on this, this politically correct or, you know, very perfect agenda. And I think that we all human beings are all human with all our flaws, with all issues. And yet we still, like you, could achieve so much success even though you have regular basic human setbacks like every other human being you know? and i think that's what's what's going to make this so inspiring for people to listen to consistent action like you said really really sets us apart talking about religion Hasidic philosophy has given me the tools to deal with somebody's somebody's challenge doesn't make it easier just makes it just makes some of these things more sensitive you know because a lot of these challenges challenge your spiritual and challenge challenge your connection and again i can only talk about myself but then but at the, at the end of the day in some ways it makes your connection stronger and more mature and more flexible. Do you say that your religious connection, your connection to Hashem and your religious affiliation today gives you an added purpose? Besides the purpose, it gives you the tools to deal with the challenges in life. I love Shabbos and it's been a big, you know, a big blessing for me in my life. And it was also the most challenging, you know, because I got a letter from the, from the Rebbe and decided not to box on Shabbos. But overall, in my personal life, I feel that Shabbos is a great day that I, that I really love and, and look forward to the whole week. That's amazing. It's amazing that you also, you represented, you know, Jewish sense to people that never heard of it or to people that never would have experienced or, you know, gotten in touch, um, like people in the boxing world, for example, you were really their representation of it. Um, and I know that now we're in the climate of a lot of like, you know, anti-Semitism, you, you filled a position. You know, interesting because when I was, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, I didn't realize all the stereotypes, all the anti-Semitism that I was, that I was facing. You know, like somebody would write a, you know, an, an internet article about me, 150 comments on Jews and Israel, and, and people would ask me political questions. I'm like, I knew that a time in the sun was coming, you know, and I wanted to always use that opportunity to do good with it and to shed light on what's important and to be proud of what I represent. It was challenging to understand it and to deal with it and to, to digest it in a proper kind of way. You know, because when you're when you're athlete and when you're younger, you're more susceptible to criticism and to right. being Overall, you're proud that this was the shit that you got oh, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, sure, 100%.
that's amazing yeah. that you had that that opportunity to to represent our nation in that way thank you yeah thank very, you very so honest. much sharing your wisdom your insight your your challenges leaving us with actionable techniques i know that i learned consistent action is key and allowing ourselves to feel our setbacks and yet we still you know move on i think allowing ourselves to get disappointed because that's part of growing and part of life you have to do your best make no excuses for yourself about whatever you do and but sometimes you do your best and things just don't go your way and a lot of times feel that it doesn't go our way we we feel because it's because it's so close to what we want we feel that our way is what we need but you know obviously that's not the case because what we need is what we get to serve our higher purpose which is not always doesn't always feel right it's all for a reason yes well thank you so much Dima this was amazing I'm so grateful to you and for your time and I'm so happy that our listeners are going to to benefit so much from this conversation thank you thank you so much I look forward to this and hopefully you have me back yes thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of oh my god we hope you enjoyed it if you did please make sure to leave a review share it with your friends and subscribe so that you don't miss next week's episode tune in next week for another interview with another badass boss